All right, so we are the Smoking Jays. We're here to discuss relationships, marriage, and parenthood. Parenthood. A podcast about three guys, three chapters, three attitudes. Attitudes. Welcome, 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 welcome to the first Smoke and Jays episode of 2023. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Um, just Happy Jay Year, here. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, just Jared here with Johnny G. Uh, Mer Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, Happy Festivus. Um, almost happy birthday to bella oh that's right so well well this releases it right it'll be her birthday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so happy birthday bell baby girl so let's start with the basics uh how goes it well it goes it goes fresh off a nice let me count them hold on hold up Wait a minute. I was off from work December 22nd through January 2nd. Damn. A whole three, six, nine. Damn good time. 10, 11, <laughs> 12 days. I was wow. literally off for 12 days of Christmas. Um, and it was glorious. Mm-hmm. Spent some time with family. My brother from California come flying out. Um, we rented, uh, well, he rented, uh, he and his fiance rented a, a house for the family to stay in for a few days so we we shacked it up with them for um like two and a half days before christmas and made the drive home middle of the night christmas morning um so the kids could come and uh an open present it was it was funny you know the whole elf on a shelf right so right. the elves are supposed to go back to the north pole christmas day we always keep them an extra day so we leave a note the kids like to keep them so uh so the kids write him a note to stay, and we we write a note back. Yeah, Santa let us stay. Anyways, kids woke up Christmas morning, no presents under the tree. <sighs> there was an elf with a note and said, Hey, we didn't know where you were gonna be because we were out of state. And uh, we didn't know where you were gonna be for 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 Christmas. Santa didn't know where to bring the presents. So um so he didn't bring him here because you weren't here. <laughs> and uh, but luckily, we stopped them just in time, and your presents are safe. We just don't know where they are. And so the kids were just kind of like, whatever. We had um, we had Emily's mom call us, and uh, she's like, guys, there's all kinds of presents under our tree. I don't know where they came from. The kids freaked out, ran downstairs, and, and had a giant Christmas morning nice. um, downstairs, which was – it was crazy like the whole room was just full of gifts it was awesome um and anything that we bought was down there santa brought was down there um i'm sure there's still stuff down there but uh so that was fun and then honestly the rest of the week like, like the 26th on we literally netflix and chilled and um we stopped in the middle of his some family on uh thursday and I had a couple other little things going on. But other than that, we just really hung out really low key. Nothing for New Year's. Um, oh, and Christmas night, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Chinese food. Fra, ra, 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 nice. ra, 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 ra. Yeah. Outstanding. 
Yeah, man. So how about you? Wow. Um, so I feel like we had the never ending Christmas, um, mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, all Christmas Eve day. I worked, um, we went, I went from work. She and the boys went from home, right. met at my dad's, right. um, had Christmas Eve there, came back home. Um, we, uh, the kids woke up in the morning, of course, the ass crack of the morning, because why not? Um, they opened their gifts, kind of got everything set up. Oh God, still recovering. Um, Christmas day, Eve, Christmas day, night, whatever. Uh, we did go to her aunt's new house. So it's the first time I saw her aunt's house. Um, which that, well, I'll get into that in a sec, but, uh, and then the next day we actually went to my mom's. Mm. So we really did have at least three consecutive Christmases. Cool. So, um, her new house, she bought, uh, the previous owner that she bought from was a a contractor and a very handy person. So the whole basement is, you know, we, we were talking Yellowstone, um, like Tex-Mex bar rodeo, uh, log cabin feel like actually took logs, split them in half and put them like halfway up the wall. So the bottom half of the wall is like that half log look. Um, right. There's like the uh, different stuff you would see, I guess, around like a cowboy bar. Um, everything's like shades of brown and tan. So I told her, I was like, you need, you need a bar because you need to complete this room with a bar. Right. Um, some cool stuff like she had a it, the range hood the guy put in was a Dyson, so it's like okay. a like a looks like a sideways zero and it's bladeless and it's all touchscreen. And she's like, I don't, I, don't, I can remotely turn this on like through Wi Fi, right? Uh-huh. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and a Samsung smart refrigerator, so of course, I got lost in that for like 40 minutes. <laughs> um, you can keep track of when you put perishable items in your fridge. It'll notify you when they expire. Um, ShopRite app built into the fridge. You could build your whole ShopRite order and submit it and then go pick it up. Like I was gone in this fridge for like a, probably a solid half hour, 40 minutes. Right. Um, would I go purchase one? No, probably not. What do they go for now? Like a good one. God. Um, so let's let's just let's i've always kind of old... thought like i'd want because i i'm a samsung guy yeah i'm samsung phone tv uh earbuds if chromebook did a little bit more than what it does i'd have one of those yeah. Whew. uh <laughs> five five figures um so depending on your cubic footage and like i guess how much you want it to do um the lowest 
one here with Family Hub is $21.99.99. So $2,199.99. This one has a four-door flex. Oh, nobody does that. So that's stupid. Uh, 26 and a half cubic foot, large capacity, three-door French door refrigerator with freezer drawer, which supposedly is the most efficient. But anyway, um, $3,059.99. So this I think is, oh no, that's LG. Um, Hers was similar to this. So it's it's basically like a $3,000 fridge. Right, which I find to be absolutely asinine. Yeah, but okay. uh, if I bought the house and it came with it, I would not turn it down. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, you know, and then kind of worked through that week after Christmas. Uh, it was like a ghost town, right? Um, and then New Year's. Um, New Year's Eve, we went over to uh, the baseball coach's house, uh, okay. hung out there. The kids played. James actually went to a friend's house. Um, so he was not with us on New Year's Eve, but we went and picked him up after we left the house we were at, um, played the game Quiplash, Q-U-I-P-L-A-S-H. It is uh, from the same company that does You Don't Know Jack. Okay. Um, and you you go on the Nintendo Switch and you order, I think it's called a Jack Pack. Um, but it's basically, there's a variety of different games. Right. And of course, when you have four adults playing the game, the answers go wildly inappropriate almost uh, immediately. Of course. So much fun. Wouldn't expect uh, anything less. Of course. Um, and then, yeah, watch some football and bum bum. Here we are. So speaking of which, um, we'll go on the scooter and segue right into that. So, um, Sunday was eventful. Mm -hmm. Um, my team, whatever, beat up on a lame duck Broncos team. Uh, your team beat up I, on a I, lame duck uh, <laughs> Colts team. True, true. Um, but I believe they secured their first playoff berth in uh, six, six years. years. Yeah. Um, did you happen to watch any football on Monday? You know, I was. Um, I was at a meeting at, at the racetrack, and I the Penn State game was on prior. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that ended. And Monday night football came on and, you know, I'm like half ass kind of watching it, but I saw the Bengals drive two big plays and basically score mm-hmm. uh, the, the first points of the game. And then I guess Buffalo got a, a field goal. And then I don't know, wasn't really paying much attention. And then I saw they were like, you know, in recap mode, it, it looked like it was halftime from, from where I was watching because there was no sound and the TV was across the way. But I was thinking to myself in my mind, like, well, it's really early to be halftime. Like, it can't be halftime already. Like, I haven't been here that long. And um, and then it wasn't until I was sifting through my phone and it said that the game had been suspended because of, you know, what had happened. Um, you know, and diving into it, 
I got to admit, at first, my thought was, you know, and this is going to sound really insensitive, but at first, I just, it kind of was like the, the guy's injured. You know what I mean? Like if, if Alex Smith goes out there and breaks his leg on a play, mm-hmm. he gets carted off the field. You give the teams 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, and they get back to playing ball. Um, I had no idea this guy went into with like, you know, cardiac arrest, CPR and was mm. down and, and then found, found out much later that he was in critical condition. And then they were at the time they were still deciding whether or not they wanted to start this game. And, and then I thought to myself, and again, maybe a little insensitive, I thought, well, he didn't, he's not dead. He didn't die on the field. Um, so on one hand, I could see, like, I could say, I can understand on one hand why they would suspend play. All right. But I figure pick it up tomorrow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because he didn't pass away on the field. They didn't actually die on the field. And, and that sounds shitty, but um, I don't know. Dale Earnhardt died in a race car on the track and they raced the next week, you know, but it was a week later. Um, so it's hard to say you know, what the, what the right move is there. I think the NFL did the right thing, you know, stopping a game players has a probably night in the right minds that after something like that, mm-hmm. um, especially with them being in, in, in critical condition, but on there's just still a part of me that feels like they, they probably could have resumed the game because it wasn't a death. Um, that's just kind of how I felt about it. And, um, now I don't know how I feel about it because it's we're going into this Wednesday and there's no plan to make this game up. And I get it. This man's life is obviously in the forefront of everyone's mind, but there's also an entire league and billions and billions. Mm-hmm. It's a billions of dollars industry. Um, and, and there's a whole conference <laughs> division and conference riding on that game. So, so you have the, you have the Bills playing the Bengals who beat the Chiefs and the Bills and the Chiefs fighting for a seed and it, it, you know there are huge playoff implications in that game. I guess my thought is are they going to wait to see what happens this weekend and then determine whether that game is necessary to that, that figure is out the, the impression picture. that I got. Yeah. Same because there's no announcement. Right. It's, it's insane. So just briefly running through the timeline. Um uh, so at 8.55. Um, yeah, it was early. Uh, yes. First quarter. Um, Damar Hamlin went to tackle uh, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. Um, Hamlin stood up to his feet and immediately fell backwards uh, onto the turf. 9.14, medical professionals immediately rushed to the field to tend to Hamlin, administering, administering CPR for nearly 10 minutes. While an ambulance was on the field, his heartbeat was restored while on the field. Um, so does that mean his heart was not beating for 10 minutes? Or, or they I, were manually keeping it with the CPR? Like, you know, they I mean, were CPR manually keeping it going. Breathing. With, with, yeah, you know. well, yeah there, it's, it's a combination of breathing and then that pump and the pumps. Breathing and pushing down on the heart to force the blood to flow through the body because mm-hmm. the heart's not. Um, 916 uh bills players are putting on their helmets which every video i saw um they were not putting their helmets on so i disagree with that statement um 925 he was given oxygen 
as he was transported to University of Cincinnati Medical Center. By the way, a tier one trauma center. Apparently, every major city with an uh, NFL stadium has a level one trauma center within a close proximity. Did hmm. not know that. Learned that on Monday. Interesting. Um, the ambulance stopped uh, so Hamlin's mother could join her son in the ambulance. Um, the entire uh, Bill's team on the field joined uh, in an on-field prayer in the middle of the field while the ambulance pulled off. Um, 9.28, Bill's, play, Bill's and Bengals players go to the locker room. 10.05, um, the NFL issues a statement that the game has been postponed. Uh, 1.48 a.m., Testing confirmed that Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following the collision. He remains in critical condition. Um, Bills and Bengals fans who were at the game uh, gathered outside of the hospital um, holding candles. Um, 2.45 a.m., the Buffalo Bills landed in uh, Buffalo Niagara International Airport. A few players stayed, stayed behind, including Stefan Diggs. Um, 11.45 a.m., the family made a statement, uh, and then it kind of went on from there. Um, they're saying he's showing positive signs of improvement, um, but still in critical condition. All of that, a um, couple, of, couple of things that kind of came to light or came to the surface, um, so I know I'm going to mispronounce this, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Um, Hamlin, well, almost every medical professional that I've seen interviewed or has spoken out about this um, said that Hamlin suffered what is called commotio cordis or commotio cordis. Um, okay. It is a rare lethal disruption, and this is per Wikipedia, a rare lethal disruption of heart rhythm that occurs as a result of a blow to the area directly over the heart uh, at a critical time during the cycle of a heartbeat. So uh, it is most common occurring in boys of about 15 years old participating in sports, most commonly in baseball when the hard ball strikes the unprotected chest. Um, they've also had incidents in hockey, lacrosse, and martial arts. Uh, the narrow. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pause you for a second. I'm yeah. gonna ask you real quick. Um, when we met, when we first were kids, and we met. I don't know if we were on the same team or not, but it. it, it do you remember Danny Hoff from the Harbor? He took a line drive. He was pitching for the Tigers, um, mm -hmm. and he took a line drive to the chest and collapsed um same thing happened ambulance happened and i was wondering if you were on if we were on the same team at the time that happened we would have been i mean we were you know fifth grade sixth grade but um i thought when you said baseball i just remembered that that, that happened and, and having been there in the dugout watching that happen was was insane you know so i'm i'm gonna come back to that but yeah, i do want to come back to that because that that's that's a very big factor in that. So I'll, I'll share with you, um, this is just an illustration, one of many illustrations, but 
Um, so this is the basically the map of the standard rhythm of a heartbeat. This little red window, which, I mean, if you look at, you figure your average heartbeat is, call it 80 to 90 beats per minute is the average standard heart rate. Um, I believe it's a little higher in children um, and so on. This little red strip right here, this narrow window, uh, I think they said about 40 milliseconds um, is the sweet spot or not so sweet spot, if you will, um, yeah. where if a person receives a blow to the chest, um, there it is. Uh, if an impact happens from 30 to 10 milliseconds before the peak of the T wave. So in like a 20 millisecond window before the peak of this T wave, um, an impact causes uh, electrical wave in right. the chest, which jumps over to the heart. And that window, basically everything is closed. It actually either um, knocks the rhythm out or shuts the heart down completely. Uh, which, which is, is incredible why, when you think yeah. about the, the timing of that. And I imagine it has to be with a certain a specific force. Um, I mean, I don't I think it's, just, I don't see where it says that, but I, I mean. just saw something. Uh, impact energies of at least 50 no, joules, 50, 50 which joules. is about 37 foot pounds. Um, a force. Impacts at 40 miles per hour were the most likely to cause V-fib or ventricular fibrillation in an animal model. Um, so velocities of 20 mile an hour did, did not, not occur. occur. So you're, you're basically looking at, you figure that's in an animal model. So you're probably talking 40, 50 mile an hour shot um, to the chest. And that, that's also probably unprotected, um, yeah. which is why... Uh, one of the, the the picture that I actually saved on my phone um, was an il a similar illustration of the heartbeat, but also um, demonstrated why kids are required to wear chest protectors in baseball. Um, now, the odd thing about this situation was how, I mean, this is a grown adult, number one. Number two, yeah. I mean, he's, he's clearly in healthy shape, um, but also wearing shoulder pads, which come down across the chest. Right. So, but then again, he is smaller than the receiver that ran into him. And that receiver was, I mean, he was moving. Yeah, he was moving. Um, the description I heard was he was moving left to right. He planted his foot and turned to go upfield. So he did that hard turn, which propels you pretty hard. Extra force. And it was direct shoulder into the center of his chest. Right. Um, At the, in a 20 millisecond window. Correct. I mean, think about all the tackles that happen on a weekly basis across America. Right. And it, I mean, that's a one in got to be billion chance. Yeah. Uh, the uh, odds uh, are super. Rare. I mean, we've been alive watching football our whole lives. You know, I'm 40 years old. I've never seen it. Never heard of it. I've seen. I've seen it um, one time in Little League. 
you know, and I'm, I know I'm sure it's happened where I didn't hear about it, but right. on, a, on and, a grand scale on the, in the NFL, 15 games a week, 16 games a week, whatever it is. And you, and that's where, um, you know, you, you had those couple of kids where that happened and that's where now all baseball leagues require chest protectors. Right. Um, you know, the only stuff I remember, uh, what was it? Dennis bird for the jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was a, you know, para, para, paralyzed, uh, paralyzed. The neck. um, Ryan Shazier from, or Shazier from, mm-hmm. uh, the Steelers. You had Eric Legrand for Legrand. Rutgers. Right. Um, you know, and the, and those were, those were pretty traumatic situations. Yeah, but they were all similar in the turn. And it was, you know, lowering the head, it was head to body contact, you know, compression of the neck and the spinal cord yep. situation. Yeah. Um, this is, this is definitely unique. Yeah. So th- this is, this is the first time, uh, and, and I had to dig into it. So of course, you know, we, we live in this age of, of social media and 24 hour news networks, and I need my info now. So especially, um, I mean, I, I commend ESPN for their very, um, muted and poignant coverage. Uh, there was no intro and outro music. There was not your typical Monday night football music playing. Um, everybody was very low, somber. Um, no one tried to go above or beyond what the mood clearly was. Um, so, they, but they weren't giving a lot of information. So, of course, Twitter. Twitter's your because it's just constantly running at all times. Um, and that's where a lot of the like, Hey, he, he's been getting CPR for nine minutes. Um, you know, now he's loaded into the ambulance the ambulance is driving out. So a lot of these little quick updates that we now have, you know, in 2020 hindsight, mm-hmm. but those updates were coming via Twitter. Um, right. And then, of course, you had all your typical, you know, oh, it, all these athletes just dropping on the field and nobody wants to question the COVID vaccines, wake up like, I, you know, whether, whatever that side you're on, you know, whether on. you're for them, against them, that's not the discussion here. Should have nothing. Why? Why are we doing that right now? Here's a 24 year old guy. His mother in the stands watching him play this is a kid who should have been uh, like a backup he was a backup and the guy in front of him the first string guy uh went down with an injury previously so here he is at 24 his second year in the league starting yeah on a a huge stage monday night football no less Mm -hmm. and and that's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to go spark up the COVID debate. Like, stop it. Um, because, in a, you know, it's, you've got to, there's always something, something, somebody's got to push some kind of agenda. You, you can't go on Twitter or Instagram or any social media post anywhere right. nowadays. And within three comments, not find something political. I mean, right. no matter how far away from politics it could possibly be, somebody immediately 
makes it political. Correct. So I bring all of this up to say the other ramifications of this. So I'll start with the positives, um, but the positives are very brief and, and probably won't generate the same conversation. Um, shortly after his injury, and basically once we no longer had a football game to discuss, uh, it fairly quickly came up that Damar Hamlin had, uh, he called it the Chasing M's Foundation, short for Chasing Millions. Right. Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive. Um, he actually started it in 2020, um, post-pandemic. Um, this is a guy who was, he was from just outside of Pittsburgh, um, grew up there, ended up staying, going to college uh, just outside of Pittsburgh in order to stay close to his brother, um, to be like a positive, uh, positive influence on his brother. And he, he started this uh, looking at these kids who, because of the hardships their parents were enduring, they would not necessarily have a Christmas or would have minimal Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was started to just raise money um, to donate, you know, to get Christmas gifts for these kids. Right. Um, when I first looked at it, I'd say pr- it was shortly before the game got suspended. So we'll call it right around 930, 945. Um, I looked at it and the GoFundMe at that point had gotten up to in the vicinity of like 550. So $550,000. Mm-hmm. Now he started it before the game. There was his goal was $2,500. And kind of, the GoFundMe had kind of disappeared into the, the background because now he had an NFL contract. 500 really, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, at this point he had, he has an NFL contract. He was using right. other funds to, to do that. So as of, we'll call it 9.30 Monday night, donations were up to uh, 500, a little over $500,000. Um, the next day was more and more and more and more. Um, as of right now, so we're talking 10.35 on January 4th. So two days later in the evening, uh, let me hit refresh. There are 217,000 donations, individual donations, hmm. ranging from you know average citizens like us, five, $10, $20, $20, to people like Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and I do love what a lot of these athletes and celebrities did. Whatever number they put in, there's always the number three at the end, which is his jersey yeah. number. Yeah. Um, 217,000 donations for $6.925 million. It just keeps going up. Last time yeah. I looked at it, it was like two and a half million. And yeah. one of the donors was like three, 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 three. Yeah. You see Chris Jericho donated twice. Because he messed up his name. Yeah. Um, you'll appreciate this because you're an uh, NFC East team. The most Washington commanders thing that could have ever happened was 
like it was like Jim Bob's plumbing or some shit like that. Jim Bob's plumbing out donating the Washington commanders. <laughs> so the Washington commanders, I think it was like 5,000 and like Joe Jim Bob's plumbing was like $5,500. That's great. Um, but I mean, and, and uh, what do they call them? The bills mafia bills. Yeah. Mafia is notorious for donations. Um, when a couple of years ago, when they, the Bengals played somebody and Andy Dalton was the quarterback at the time and the Bengals winning, uh, it was one of those cascade events where the Bengals winning caused, you know, the breeze to shift to the West, which then made a butterfly flap its wings, a Buffalo take a shit and the bills made the playoffs. Bill's mafia went in and bombarded his charity with donations as a thank you for winning the game and getting Buffalo into the playoffs. So of course, all these other people who have received these benefits from Bill's mafia in the past are now turning it back over and and returning the favor. So you have Tom Brady, you have the Colts, the, the commanders, the just, these names that you, you run down the list and it's like, wow. Um, but it's unfortunate that it takes something bad like this, right. but it's fortunate that something positive can come out of it. Now uh, they're actually looking at, I guess also some of this now is going to go towards his recovery and moving forward. Right. Um, since they've very, very clearly exceeded their $2,500 goal. Right. Um, But then the negatives out of it. So we already talked about the vaccine conversation, which I won't even humor that. Um, What I will talk about, um, and we are no strangers to discussing mental health here on the Smoke and Jays, the mental health ramifications of this. Um, so just on the surface, the, now I don't know this guy. You don't know this guy. The majority of this country has no idea who this guy is on a personal level. We all know he's 24. He's from Pennsylvania. He plays for the Buffalo bills. He was severely injured and is in critical condition outside of that. We don't know him on a personal level. But here we are all clamoring for updates and what's his status? What's his condition? Is he, is he getting better? Is he ever going to live, you know, is he going to live a normal life? We don't know this guy like we know each other, but we're, we're dying for these updates. Um, so to a degree, our brains are just wrapped into it. Um, then there's the, the actual um, mental impact of everything that transpired on Monday night. So all of the news media outlets, sports media outlets, uh, no longer show the play that actually resulted in yeah, him dropping I, I, to the ground. I had a freaking YouTube it. Correct. So YouTube and I, I believe Twitter has some of the videos still up um other than that like 
if you go to ESPN, NFL Network, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, they're not airing the the replay of what happened to lead him to drop to the field. They're not playing it. And honestly, I'm I'm not upset about that. Um, so you had Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. Um, so they're they're talking about he's talking about you know what what it's doing to his mind. Um, and he says, you know, it's bad enough you see a guy getting carted off, right? That messes with you, or you see a guy take a really bad concussion shot, and you're like, man, I don't want that to be me. Um, am I going to have cognitive function when I'm 50, 60? What kind of risk am I really setting myself up for? Um, this kid's 24 years old, right? This really fucked me up a lot last night. Right. So, you know, this is looking at it from a player-to-player standpoint. Um, but the, the recurring theme that I heard Tuesday and again today is, Hey, it's okay to admit that you're not all right. It's all right to admit that you're not all right. It's all right to admit that, Hey, you know what? This messed me up. This, this really, and to a degree, a lot of people who have kids involved in sports or, kids that are involved in activities that could result in this situation are impacted by it. I mean, I'll, I'll say last night, like Teresa went kind of not on a spiral, but was really coming up with valid points, but kind of falling down the rabbit hole of, well, where are the AEDs at the baseball field? Mm. Are they, are they tested? Are they charged? Are they usable? Are they accessible? Who knows how to use them? Who is properly trained in CPR? Is there a league requirement for CPR? Like, so the questions cascade and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. Um, And next thing you know, hours later, you find yourself wound so fucking tight for lack of better words, you are wound so tight that, you're not just going to sleep. You're, you're now sitting there scrolling through Twitter, looking for updates, right. scrolling through Google, looking at AEDs and how to use them and watching tutorial videos and watching CPR classes and you know signing up to go get CPR certified, which admittedly training on the AED, CPR certification, great fucking things to have. Great things to have if if you have a child with an illness, if you have a child in activities, if you have any familial history of cardiac issues. Um, you know, my dad's father had two heart attacks. My dad has high blood pressure. Right. I would like to have somebody around me when I'm older know how to do CPR. Because a couple of the medical professionals I saw between last night and today said that the speed with which they were out there performing CPR and other life-saving measures until they got the AED out there and were able to restart his heart in a normal rhythm, in all likelihood saved his life. Because he could have actually been dead on that field. Well, 
medically speaking, he was dead for a short stretch, but permanently dead. And that's not the case because of shout out to the first responders and the medical professionals that are always on site. Right. But it brings up the point of the that was NFL. A little kid. Yeah. That'd be my point. That's a little kid. Right. Is it the same result? Right. <clears throat> they have medical professionals on site. The, the NFL has um, a, an emergency response plan, like an action plan. They have, okay, in the event of A, we do B, C, D, E, F, G, and H. And it happens in this sequence. It yeah. happens with this much time in between each step. So they have a very thorough and detailed plan. So I, I guess I ask, I asked this question of, you, you said that you saw it, you, you kind of got caught up to the situation. What did that do to you, for you, with you, and so on, kind of watching through it real time or after the fact? So I think like most people, you know, when something tragic happens, the first thing you like, as morbid as it might be, you 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 have to see it like you have to search for the video right, right? um whether it's a nasty car accident race auto racing accident um dude getting hit in the face by a 101 mile an hour fastball as Oof. grotesque as that may be like something about human nature right it's the whole um rubbernecking right a car on the side of the road yep. you know you have to look um you know the whole train wreck you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. um so I Google it and obviously there's no videos on any of the like ESPN or sports score, or any of the apps on my phone. So now I'm YouTubing and uh, the only thing you can find is somebody else who screen grabbed it or, or recorded it off, you know, from their phone to their TV or vice versa. And then, and then post. Um, and my initial thought prior to watching it, Emily, uh, watched she said she saw it and um and was like that's didn't even seem like that big of a hit um kind of like dale earnhardt in the, hitting the wall at daytona didn't mm-hmm. seem like that was that big of a hit you see rex worse than that on a weekly basis almost um but it's the milliseconds and the angle and the impact and it all lines up to be perfect right so i had to see it for myself and it, it really didn't look like a big hit to me um he was firm holding his ground you know the runner come mm-hmm. and receiver come in and turn as you mentioned pivot to go upfield and it kind of seemed like on impact right he was sort of off balance anyway on impact and he and wrapped his arms around and fell with you know with the receiver um, so to me, it seemed like one fluid motion and honestly, it was a beautiful tackle. I mean, it mm-hmm. was beautiful. Ideal. Uh, um, textbook ideal, but you can see where after watching it multiple times, it was like clean, precise shot. You know, it, it was oh, nothing. Yeah, the shoulder was. It, it, yeah. I mean, it was nothing sloppy <clears throat> about it. It was no slippage. It was direct impact. Boom, boom, boom. And then you see him get up slowly but he gets up to his feet and that moment where his hands drop and like that was scary and you look at so i watched it probably half a dozen times 
And each time I watched it, I looked at something different. And a couple of times I looked at the ref because, you know, the player falls and you're thinking, well, why are they falling? Are they celebrating? Right. You had Thibodeau from the Giants take out Nick Foles and start doing snow angels. Now he didn't know Foles was hurt, but immediately he's celebrating his tackle. So he gets on the ground. He starts doing snow angels. Meanwhile, you got the quarterback laying there, you know, in agony, broken ribs or whatever, probably. Right. So I'm wondering if the, the ref initially thinks like, Hey, that's a sick tackle. The dude's falling to the ground as a celebration. And then, and then it was like a second or two when the ref realizes like, Hey, you know, something's, something's, something's going on here. And, and the players see him drop. Something's wrong. Um, and just the way he felt lifeless, like a ragdoll um, was eerie. Um, and I always worry about stuff like that. You know, when a guy takes a hand, like the additional damage that's done from that fall, not being able to brace yourself. Yeah. Um, luckily he fell on his ass and then and fell back and the helmets are protected and, and everything like that. But I just, that's it's scary um mm-hmm. it's definitely it's definitely scary i could see where the players would be shook and i know what i said earlier about you know well he didn't die why can't we resume the game it's not like he died on the field but he came pretty fucking close i mean he, i guess technically like you said he did he did right and they brought him they brought him back um but i guess you just don't know unless you're unless you're there like I, i'm a little shook from watching it because it's it's eerie um but it doesn't hit close to home for me because I've never experienced anything like that. And I don't know the guy and, you know, it's sad. You don't ever want to see an athlete go down, especially in a sport you love to watch um, or anybody go down. You know, you don't, if you're a decent human being, you don't want to see that. Um, but it's definitely eerie. And it, it definitely makes you think, like you said, your wife starts thinking you have a kid, at least a multiple sport athlete, you know, um, football being one of them. What, what kind of measures are the leagues taking? And, and let's not even think, let's think, look, this guy's in the NFL and it mm-hmm. took 10 minutes for paramedics to even get there and then get him on and, and bring him to, and not, not like I'm talking like ambulance and shit. Right. So how long would it take to get an ambulance at, at your kid's football field or baseball fields? So I, I will say they, they you know, have the and who's trained on site. Right. That's I've seen some, 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 some leagues, some leagues, right. They have them on. I like, you know, when we race. So, so first year, Johnny raced his second race of the season. Basically he took a head on shot to the wall and we had to call an ambulance. Luckily uh, he, he had neck pain, but it took, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes for them mm-hmm. to show up. Maybe right. more. Um, at, at another track, we have an ambulance on site. So they're out there every, every wreck, they're immediately on the track just in case, um, you know, but it, it begs the question, you know, in a higher and more affluent area, uh, more popular sport, right. Um, you're probably more likely to have those measures in place, but I don't say with South rec ball, probably not. Um, you just, there's no resources for that. So, so the, back to the question, right? So who's properly trained Are the coaches trained? Is there at least one coach or the umpires trained? You, I, I would assume umpires need to go through some sort of training, but this is something that happens. So it's so rare besides giving this, you know, the CPR, like there's, there's nothing you can do and you, and you can't, that's just scary. It's scary. And it's one of the reasons why not this particular instance, but it's one of the reasons why I didn't really want 
my kid play football. Never played tackle football before. Organized. Um, doesn't know proper how to properly tackle. And and now you see like even grown men in the NFL properly tackling and something like this happens. It's scary for sure. And, and it's, it, it is, it is scary. It is concerning. Um, I, I wonder what kind of hit uh, football will take because of this. Um, Can I be honest with you? It's not I, going to. I don't think it's going to take a hit at all. No. I mean, you look at you look at what concussions have done to the sport, and it took a it took a decent hit, right? I think less kids are playing when it was a big thing when there was that movie, right, with Will Smith. Um, when the books came out, when certain players retired, when um, Junior Seau took his own life, you know, uh, I think it was Junior Seau, um, or passed away, but some somebody, someone right. took their own life, but whoever, you know, from. There's been a, there's been a couple. Um, yeah. So I think that was reason enough. That's what kept me away from having my kid play football was the concussions and the headshots. I think people look at this and it's definitely scary, but then when you read the statistics, the chances of that happening, you know, it's like, it's like winning the, the mega millions, like the, the odds of something like that happening again. And, 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 forget everybody has that well it's not going to happen to me mentality it won't happen to my right. kid you know you got a better chance to get hit by a bus on the way home from practice but so i don't think the nfl takes a hit i don't think i don't think the sport takes a hit i think maybe maybe implementation of certain protection like in in the baseball and little league you know the chess protectors but i mean mm-hmm. um from what i understand they're not mandated currently but my kid wore a chest protector inside his vest for baseball um i can't recall i don't think we ever even had it on him for for football never even thought about so i I see some things like that probably happening you know that's probably the biggest impact um you know i think the nfl did the right thing so far um selfless act right um they're losing a lot of money yeah. And um, we all know the NFL is hungry, you know, money oh, hungry. Yeah. But oh. they're they're losing a lot of money over this deal, but they if they tr- if they don't tread lightly, they'll lose more, you know. So I think and, they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And then the the shit that kills me is is also you had a few of these uh you know, analysts and commentators start going off on their little tangents and that that's not helpful. I, I just, I think the, the, the big takeaway that I'm trying to have from it is we need to, we need to force ourselves to put the phone down back away from Twitter, back away from you constantly Google searching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, getting away from like, I need to know. I need to know. I need to cuz you're just you are no longer falling down the rabbit hole. You're actually pulling yourself down the rabbit hole. Well, how much of this let me ask you this. How much is it is the whole I need to know because of genuine concern or because of hype or just because they want to be a part of that limelight. Even though it's negative limelight. 
right? It, you want you want to yeah. you you want to have that conversation, right? It's that water cooler talking on Monday morning or Tuesday morning, right? Um, wow, did you see that game last night? Yeah, that was that was incredible. That was amazing. That was terrible. Um, you know, and and being a part of it, like how much of it, how much of that needing to know is you know for acceptance, fitting in. Um, that's the kind of shit that bothers me. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It just it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like as an avid NASCAR fan, I keep bringing up Dale Earnhardt, but the, you know, as an avid NASCAR fan and, a, and especially a Dale Earnhardt fan, it, it you remember in college how passionate I was. I had that public speaking mm-hmm. class, and my my project was on NASCAR and how it's a sport and blah blah blah. Trying to convince people it's not just cars around in circles, that kind of shit. But um, you know, when when Earnhardt passed away, um, all those people that came out of the woodwork that don't know shit about nascar they knew about the accident and then they thought they were you know experts on the situation and they would talk about it and just the language they would use like you like like shut the fuck up you know what i mean like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking exactly. about exactly like it it bothered me like i understand you know it's a big deal but some, that's like somebody being a, like not an nfl fan at all ever and then yeah. coming and trying to talk to you like it's the hot topic like why why what you, what, you know what i mean like because you're now boasting, you know, you're trying to make yourself sound educated about something that you're not to, 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 for personal gain to fit in. That's what I have a problem with. And that's, and that's out there as well. Um, just the, I think the mental ramifications is, is what gets me. Like, I almost kind of, I, I, when certain things happen, be it in sports, be it in, politics be it in whatever the situation is you know a plane crash or something like that i almost kind of mentally brace myself before i go into work the next day i just know okay i'm gonna walk in tomorrow everybody's gonna want to talk about this all right so if it's a political thing or something like that i kind of in my head, almost, almost rehearse. And I go through my little spiel of, look, I refuse to talk politics at work. I I won't get pulled into that. Like, I'm not going to go into whether I lean this way or that way. I'm not going to tell you who I do and do not support. Um, And that's the end of that. Um, You know, shootings. Um, I know they're few and far between here in the U S we really don't have a lot of those. Um, but on the rare occasions where we have a, a major shooting event, I kind of brace myself and I'm like, all right, so this is going to be the comment. This is going to be the question. How am I going to respond? Okay. Um, Members of my family are hunters. Um, I'm not opposed to guns. I personally don't have a whole armory in my basement. Um, I'm not opposed to them. But I, even as someone who, I guess, is fine with the concept of being a gun owner, don't understand the need for the average citizen to have an assault rifle, which that kind of spurs a whole other conversation, which is generally speaking why I just say, look, the whole gun conversation, 
tiptoes into the pool of politics and see statement B about, I don't talk politics at work. Um, But something like this, like, it's just, it, it spurs a whole different conversation. It brings about just a, a different type of topic. It brings about a different conversation of like almost a different question about yourself. Like, Hey, what, what do I know? What don't I know? What would I be prepared for? So for example, one of my plans next week is the monthly board meeting for the, for baseball. Um, And, you know, one of the common things that I always say, be it at work, at home, wherever it is, don't, don't come out of the woodwork with, well, this is wrong. That's wrong. This is a problem. You do this wrong. This needs to be changed. All that is, is that's, that's variations of complaints. So you, you are very good at complaining. Nobody listened to a damn thing you just said because all you right. did was complain. Come in with solutions. So figure I have a little less than a week. I plan on mentioning CPR, okay. AED, um, preparedness plan, having requirements for teams that, hey, every time a team steps on our fields, be it for practice, be it for a game, be it a tournament, there needs to be two people from that team certified in CPR and AED. I think parents need to also be aware too when they're getting their kids signed up for these activities and, and, and being educated and asking those questions and, and Mm -hmm. asking what safety measures are in place. Um, And I would, you know, whether it's mandated or not, I think it's a good thing to have, um, those checks protectors in any sport, every sport. We watched the ambulance pull up. Actually, this is a, 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 this happened again. It was the same similar situation. Kid got hit in the chest with a soccer ball. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't witness it, but it happened on the same fields my kids were practicing on as we were leaving. And then and the ambulance and the um, paramedics and everybody had to come in. And it was a very similar thing. Kid took a, a hard kick, soccer ball, to the chest. Um, and it wound up being okay, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, just the protection, you know, protect your kids. Um, I don't know what else you have on this, but this whole conversation kind of sparked another thought in my mind that kind of wanted to pivot to uh, sure. when, when you're ready. So um, it's not exactly the same, but so I turned 40 and everybody talks about like, you know, midlife crises and stuff like that. Um and you can't help but to think, you know, with things that have happened recently. So in in the NASCAR world, um, Ty Gibbs, a young driver in in one of the lower series of NASCAR, won the championship. And um, they went out, celebrated and the next day. His father, 49 years of age, um, found dead in a hotel room. Um, don't think there was evidence of foul play, though there may have been. Who knows? But either way, 49 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we went just a couple weeks ago, two members of our graduating class um, died. One was by accident, uh, you know, car accident. The other one, um, I'm not up to date on all the details, but from what I understand, collapsed at a party. 
at a birthday party, just collapsed, fucking died. 40 years old, yep. 39 years old. Um, this, this, this kid, I'm gonna call him a kid. I mean, 24 years old, right? He's an adult grown man. Right. But I mean, 15, 16 years younger than me, mm-hmm. young kid playing a game of football could have died. Um, it makes you really think like for me, I sit here and I like, and I sit back and I think like, wow, I'm 40, not in the best shape of my life. I'm certainly not athletic anymore. Um, fuck, if I can get up the stairs with a, with, with a baby and a grocery bag in my hand and not lose my breath, you know, I would do 20 jumping jacks if I didn't fear that I was going to be out of breath after the 15th <laughs> one. Um, so it makes you think on that end, like, especially as a parent, like anything can happen to anybody at any time. Yep. And it, what's, what's crazy to me, and I don't want to get into this like philosophical stuff or anything like that, but like my grandparents, my, my grandfather is going to be celebrating his 85th birthday tomorrow. She has a birthday with my daughter. So today when, when people are listening, right? Thursday, mm-hmm. 85, this motherfucker has been to war. He's had uh, cancer. He's had um, a heart, major heart surgery. Um, my, I shouldn't disclose who, but somebody who's close to me's father had a stroke um, hmm. some 15 years ago. And, you know, is still kicking, you know, pushing 80. Um, and it's like, fuck, man, these people go through life um and live it to its fullest and and god knows what other things happened in their lives that were not major that that where they could you know where they escaped and they lived to tell about it for decades right and then you see this nfl star uh kids we knew or people we knew graduated with us uh ken block just died in a, a fucking snowmobile accident. Snowmobile accident. This guy's a fucking a thrill-seeking stuntman, professional runner, almost race died. car driver. I mean, do jumping canyons and shit. And 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 look, I'm sure he wasn't casually riding the snowboard, right? Or snowmobile, right? I'm sure he was probably you know you go on his instagram he's doing all he does all kinds of stunts and wheelies and jumps yeah. and shit. So yeah, I mean he's fucking around. That's what they do. Um, why else would you ride a snowmobile? So, but yeah, it took one wrong spill and um, 50, 50 years old, 50 something years old. And it's like, well, why then? Right. Makes you, makes you really think about like, well, fuck, when's my turn? And halfway through life at 40, you shouldn't be thinking about it. Right. I'm still young. Right. Still got my half of my life, at least ahead of me. Um, but like, fuck, man, what if four kids, fiance, people rely on me and, 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 and my income and my livelihood, right, that I provide. Um, mm. That is enough. I wouldn't put it in a category of mental health, like the, the direction you were going earlier, but it it certainly makes you think. Like, I'll be sitting there just deep in thought on, on my couch and Emily asked me what's wrong. And I'll be like, nothing, just taking it all in, you know, like looking at the kids. And then I think I put myself in their shoes. Some people call them daymares, right? Where you think of like the absolute worst thing that can fucking oh, happen yeah. to you, right? Yep. And I 
I'll just be sitting there and I'll be looking at like my kids, like, what if I didn't come home tomorrow? You know, what if I got hit by a, a car and my heart stopped or I ran into something or I slipped and fell and hit my head in just the right way? Yeah. Like, it just makes you wonder, like our one classmate, from what I understand, um, was on an exit ramp or entrance ramp at a turnpike going through Correct. the toll. Like wasn't even at full speed and hit and hit a truck, hit a tractor trailer, just the right place or wrong place, wrong time. Right. Um, but in just the right manner in which it ended his life, like who, like you can't predict that shit. You don't fucking know. Um, so then it starts putting me in like a mental panic. Like I think about like what my kids would think if I didn't come home and I imagine like their feelings, I imagine their thoughts. I imagine how much pain they would be in because I think about how much pain I'd be in if one of my kids didn't come home and I can't imagine it's, it's unfathomable. Can't imagine it because in my mind, there's it, 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 like when I do try, there's a, there's a block there's like a stop gap and I get to a certain point where I just, it, it hurts too much to even think about imagining it Yep. to where you just stop. And I, I turn the tables and I think, well, fuck man, what, how would that make my kids feel? So then it puts, so then I start, now I start spiraling. Um, and I start thinking about my own health, what I eat, what I drink. Do I get enough sleep? Maybe I should never leave the fucking house. <laughs> like, you know, like I work from home. I'm just going to um, be a shut in. Right. Well, well, what, and what's crazy is like when we were younger, my dad would always joke, you know, like we joked about this in the past, but my dad would always ask me like, where are you going? Why are you going to go out? You know, it's 10 o'clock at night. Why aren't you, why can't you just stay home? And I'm like, well, cause I'm 18 and I can, I can go out. But thinking back, you know, think of the risk, right? Out out inexperienced driver out in the dark unreliable car traveling possible drunk drivers on the road um all these different risks that you take and you don't think about it and i think now maybe it's because we have more to lose when we're older or we value life more when we're older we're just wiser i don't know but like ask me to go out on new year's eve why why should i go out why why it's true it could go you're, the day before Thanksgiving, biggest, biggest party night of the year. Yeah, there's a couple bars around the corner for me. I could probably walk to them. But why? Why take a chance? And, and, and this is so far-fetched, but what happens you're in that bar and somebody decides to get in a bar fight and pulls a fucking gun? Yep. Like, I don't want to be that guy that died because of a fucking stray bullet that ricocheted off of a, a, a brass pipe and I and I took it in the wrong way. And there's a one a gazillion chance that it could have happened and they're reading about it in the paper. Like, damn, that's a fucking shitty way to go. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Um, I don't want it to be one of these freak fucking deals. And there's just so many freak deals. And and aside from my weight and everything, and like, I know I, I eat like shit and I don't drink the right things. And I've, my sleep pattern sucks and my eating habits and when I eat, it's, it's all fucked. But truly, like, I feel like I'm a healthy person. I, I feel strong inside. Yeah, my stamina is not there. Um, certain strengths and flexibilities aren't there. But I don't, this year was like the first year I maybe pushed myself a little too much 
and and to the point where I could have like overdone it and passed out from exhaustion, but not like died, you know. But then I'm like, well, what if? What if I was on a roof, hanging Christmas lights, and I stressed a little too much, or, or put a little too much stress, or stepped the wrong way, and fucking heart gave out. It's like, you know, it's enough to make you not want to have to fucking go on a roof ever again. Correct. I don't know. The possibilities are endless. I don't want to go on and on. It's it's depressing, but it does make you think and and call it midlife thing, 40 thing. Like it makes me, like, I don't have my affairs in order. I don't have a will. I mean, I beneficiary set up for my life insurance policies and, and whatever else. So there's that. But, you know, I, I got to a point where I started thinking like, maybe I should make like a, like a video for each of my kids. Sounds really, this is like really sad, <laughs> but, but, but I thought about it and I said something to Emily and she like started crying. She was like, she's like, no, don't talk like that. It's not going to happen. And I'm like, but what if it did? And then I leave and I'm gone. And my kids are left for the rest of their life wondering things. You know what I mean? Um, you yeah. always hear those stories about people who were taken from you too soon. You wish you knew this. Or you wish you could have asked them that or, or it, and it, and you know, if I just left like a, 10 minute video for each of my kids once per year made a video like a closing out video um and i'll give them the fucking the keys to life or, or, or whatever you know what I, mean? I mean just just something to make them laugh make them smile make them you know have them learn just something to help them along the way ease their minds um so they didn't feel like i left them too soon or left them you know um without being able to say goodbye or anything like you don't the worst fear I think I have is not having closure in a situation like that, like not being able to properly just go in prematurely kind of thing. Yeah. And I just can't imagine my kids feeling that. I'm always, I'm always afraid of like when I've, when I've fallen down that rabbit hole, Mm. it's always this fear of like, I, whatever happens to me and I'm, I'm no longer here. Um, and then it's, it's the boys growing up. I mean, it's not like they are infants where they never knew who I was. So now they're growing up, not with me around knowing me, but not with me around. Um, and I miss out on all of the, the major life occurrences, graduating and getting married and, and grandkids and all that. And it's like, I, I, I don't, I very quickly uh, shift away yeah, because I, I refuse to, um, I refuse to continue going down that path because it, you can, you can really drive yourself off the ledge if you keep going. Right. So. Um, and it, well, but, you can, and um, yeah, I know people that it's hard for them to snap out of that. Mm. And it definitely takes, um, some people close to you to pull you out or keep you in check or, you know, keep you not thinking. I always kind of went through life just thinking like, you know, when it's my time, it's my time. I'm not going to worry about it. Like I'm not yep. going to sweat fucking going out. If, if, 
if I want to go out, I'm going out. If I'm, I'm just going to live my life and do my thing. And when I go, I go. But that was before four kids <laughs> and, and, a, and a wonderful fiance who, you know, like, I can't imagine like not being, you know, not being around. So when it's yourself, I think there's less of that worry, right? You just do what you do. Right. Um, I got a motorcycle. I barely ride. I did get on it a little bit this year, but I thought to myself, why am I doing this? I'm just going for a ride. Why? Because I like to feel the wind in my face. I like the sound of the pipes when I leave a green light. Um, I, you know, I like the control. I like the, you know, the, the acceleration. You don't mm-hmm. get that in a car. You can, it's fun, right? But it's not the same. Um, so I see these guys in the sport bikes and I could never imagine doing what, what they, you know, getting up to 200 mile an hour on a highway. I'd love to try it. The thrill, I mean, it'd be great, but the risk, I mean, the risk. Yeah. One pothole, one, you hit one rock the wrong way. And you're done. That's you're like done, ten. done, finished the end. It's over. Um, I'd rather jump out of a fucking plane with a parachute. Nope. Take my chances. I'd rather, nope. but I'm saying I'd rather do that than do some of this other shit that, that you see. Um, but yeah, I got the motorcycle. Should I ride? Should I not ride? Should I sell it? You know, and then I stay in my house. I don't go out, you know, I'd hang out with my family. I'm with my friends. I go to my friend's house here and there. Um, but I work from home. Don't take the unnecessary risks. And then you wonder like, well, I mean, I could be sitting at a traffic light, literally sitting at a traffic light and somebody could run a red light and bang. Saw it on TikTok or reels or somewhere. Guy on a motorcycle, mm-hmm. just sitting at a red light. Cars coming on, on coming. He's trying to make a left, but he's, he's got the red. And I don't know <laughs> if guy had the gas hung open or wasn't paying attention or was trying to commit suicide. I don't fucking know. It just, Car come through the intersection doing at least 100 mile an hour and fucking T-boned a, a pickup truck. The pickup truck spun out in the middle of the intersection and the, the bed of the truck swung like a door was flying open and just wiped this dude out off his bike. He wouldn't even fucking do nothing. He's sitting there. Mm. Something like 20 surgeries, 29 surgeries. He lived. But I mean, it wasn't his time to go. But fuck. It's like... Mm. One in a million, sure. I ain't taking a chance though. I stay home. Nope. <laughs> stay home and get fat on pizza. But then I'm like, oh, I might die at 50. I don't want to do that either. Father Time's got it in us for us all. But in situations like this, the Bills player, you know, friend, losing friends or people you know your age, I think it does put it, you know, puts that thought in your head like, well, well, fuck. What if it were mm-hmm. me? But then people forget about it. So what do we do? You know, like anything else, time passes, school shooting, kids die. A month later, everyone forgets about it. What do we do to change the culture, the mindset, the improvements, right? We talked about implementing safety precautions, safety measures, uh, certifications, things like that. Raise awareness. Um, But how do we keep, not just in this situation, but how do we keep those things alive and circulating is it a parenting thing is it you know talk to kids about risks is it um being more mindful and doing your research as a parent like you know what i mean i think one of the biggest things that we could do is not allowing it to fall to the wayside right so you know right now and this is why one of the things i plan on talking about is hey 
you stop doing the regular CPR courses because of lack of participation. You want participation? Throw it out there right now. Throw it out there right now. Watch how many people immediately sign up because of what we just watched. Because of how many people saw what happened Monday night and said, holy shit, what if that was my kid on the baseball field, got hit by a baseball and dropped like a ton of bricks? Right. What do I know what to do? Now, I took a CPR course a number of years ago. It's since expired or lapsed or whatever it is. So, but there's people who their extent of CPR with finger quotes is what they saw on ER or, you know, Chicago Fire or some shit like that. Like they have no idea what it actually involves. Right. Um, you know, having, having the conversations with your kids talking about, you know, doing, doing things safely, doing things the right way. Um, when they go to put the chest protector on, making sure that they understand, Hey, do you know why you're putting this on? Do you, you right. know, do you know what this does? So it's not just a, oh, I gotta put this fucking thing on. That's a good point. Like you're putting it on. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you what happened in order for this to be a thing. Because there were kids that didn't make it. And they are the reason why all these, these baseball programs require the chest protectors. So something to think about. I mean, something to, something to chew on as, as far as an answer to that question. I, right. But just not letting it be the flavor of the week, the flavor of the month. That's what's really going to get it to be a regular part of, of the mindset, the regular part of the conversation. By the way, just refreshed 6.952 million. It's insane. It's a good cause, at least. Yes. You know, Toys for Tots, right? Um, or, or whatever. Kids, you know, Toys for Children. Yeah. Um, I'm happy it's not, you know, save the cats or some shit. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and the plus side, the plus side that they're saying is that um, yesterday, right? Yesterday, uh, he's obviously on a ventilator and the ventilator was doing 100% of the breathing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, as of today, the ventilator is doing 50% of the breathing. That's a huge improvement. That's awesome to hear. So you figure in 24 hours, he's gained 50% of, of his self-reliant breathing. So, so there's, there's people out there that are, would probably crucify me for even suggesting this, but I know I'm not the first person ever thought it. Um, likeliness, this guy plays football again, professionally. Let's say, let's say, let's say he makes a full recovery, right? Um, and this was a freak deal and there's no permanent damage and he can work out and no limitations 
which I think are, that's probably a stretch. I mean, I mean, obviously we don't know anything at this point. He's not even awake. But um, what do you think? You think he sets foot back on that field? Like, talk, talk about no. a story, though. Think th- talk about like a like a comeback story, a um, inspirational. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. It, it would be how would incredible be would that be for story. just for just people, not just the sport, but like how incredible would, would uh, uh, I mean, moving of a story, um, movie, book, uh, motivational speaking. With I mean, yeah. um, and because you know that the road back no matter what is the long one, whether he plays football uh-huh. or not. Right. So just the fighting through and overcoming the, the mental side of it and fighting. Um, but if he were to go through all that and be able to come back and get on that field again, we like our absentee host. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, had to take a shot at him, but uh, womp, 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 womp. I mean, you know, the odds were against him for a very, very long time. And look what he did. So I mean, on one episode, (laughs) never say never. um, But it would be pretty wild to see uh, if that were to happen. Well, I think uh, I think this is a great time to um, to kind of bookmark it. To uh, very happy to be back. Very happy mm-hmm. to be back in the saddle, as they say. Um, I will make sure that in the description of the video, uh, or the video, Jesus. Audio. In the description. Uh, yeah. In the description of the podcast um, and on our social media post, I will put the link for the um, the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive page um but if you are too lazy to look for the link in our description um just go to google search for the chasing m's foundation toy drive and i guarantee you that'll come right up Uh, if you type in the chip and it comes up uh yeah C H H. It's the third one down on Google right now. Yeah. If you just type in the CH in your um, in the, in the search bar, put C H A S, and I bet you it's it's probably the number one. Negative. If you put the C H A S, the C H. Well, I put the C H, and it came. It was number three. Yeah. The CH, it's the number three chasing the generation. It's incredible. Well, I'll make Six sure point, that. What did you say before? Uh, 6.95. Yeah, 6.95, 4680. That's, so, that's incredible. Uh, I will make sure that that link is in both the uh, social media post and the episode description. The Colts, um, $25,000. Twenty-five thousand and three. Yeah, love that they did that. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, until next time, until uh, you know, maybe such day where we can actually convince the third J, the lowercase J, if you will, someday. Yeah, um, for, yeah, he's gonna. That's definitely the lowercase J. 
he J-Dot. he lost his his capital J status when uh, you know he disappeared <laughs> into the sunset, riding off on, on his I would say his horse, but it's more like the uh, power wheel. No, I don't know one of those. Um, but maybe we'll get him back one day. So until then, uh, on behalf of Johnny G, on behalf of myself and the rest of the Fourth Wall Pop Network. Um, we hope you are all having a great start to your New Year's, and we will see you shortly. Deuces. <laughs>